We reject the ideology of globalism, and we embrace the doctrine of patriotism. Not only will this tax plan pay for itself, but it will pay down debt. There are moral and legal obligation questions that I think we'll have to wrestle with as a society. When we as people go wobbly on the truth, we go wobbly on America. All you have to do is look at the numbers, look at what we've done. And this is only the beginning. Good morning, everyone. You're tuned in to Evidence of Design on 100.9 FM WXIR in Rochester. My name is Jason Taylor, host of Evidence of Design, and I'm joined in WXIR's studios by my good friend and co-host, Matt Treadwell. What's up? We are a live show. That means it is Saturday, September 4th, 2021. Happy to be here with you on this Labor Day weekend. Matt, happy Labor Day. You're in the workforce right now, so this is all about you. Yeah, I speak for working people when I say uh, we need more holidays. <laughs> working, do, do you agree, working people out there, that we need more days off? I'm not working right now, so this is not a holiday about me and Matt. Um, you and all of the other workers out there, thank you for your labor Thank you for keeping this country running. Um, I, I, I'm i not good for anything because I'm not in the labor force right now. So I'm just sucking off of your... I'm like a bat, a blood-sucking bat, just leeching off of your labor. So thank you for keeping this country going while I just sit back and play a bunch of video games. It's comforting to finally hear somebody put it so candidly. Yeah, I mean, for all those who don't work out there, I know you feel exactly the same as I do. I'm kidding, folks. Sarcasm. Really, happy Labor Day. We'll talk a little bit about that, but let me put on the serious hat and say thanks for being here and listening to our show, Evidence of Design. What we talk about is income and wealth inequality. There's way too much economic inequality in society. We investigate its causes, critique its effects, and propose some ways that we think can make our society more equal, mainly economically, but also, hey, economics impacts everything, so it would trickle along with social and political equality as well. Again, too much economic inequality in society, we figure out where it comes from and what we can do about it. Thanks for being here. On today's show, we're going to talk about something very local to us in Rochester, New York. We just learned yesterday at a Board of Education meeting for the Rochester City School District that the RCSD may be pushing back the start date for its school year by one day. So school is supposed to start next Wednesday. It may start next Thursday, September 9th now. And perhaps more importantly for folks, 
High school students may be going to school virtually for at least the start of the school year, the end date to be determined of that virtual segment, because of a bus driver shortage. That is big news that families in the RCSD found out about yesterday. We're going to talk about that on today's show. What's going on with the bus driver shortage, what the RCSD is proposing, and how that might impact folks in Rochester going forward. We, of course, would love to hear from you throughout the hour because, hey, this probably impacts you. If it does, we want to hear. 585-219-8889-585-219-8889. We're also on Facebook at Radio EOD. Of course, that stands for Radio Evidence of Design. 585 219 8889 as well. Are you would you be impacted if the RCSD went to virtual learning for high school students? Would you be impacted by a start date being pushed back by one day? What are your thoughts? We want to hear from you. We'll get into probably some more things in the later half of the hour as well, including money being appropriated, $4 million to be specific, for revitalization of the northern interloop in Rochester. Of course, the eastern part of the former interloop uh, <laughs> was filled in, and now they put a bunch of apartment buildings on it. And so we'll talk about what might happen for the northern interloop as well later on in the hour. We're going to take a very short break, though, and before we get in to the RCSD's potential proposal to have virtual learning for high school students because of a bus driver shortage, hang on. Alice Cooper with Schools Up. This is Evidence of Design on 100.9 FM WXIR. Sorry, kids. School is the opposite of what's going on in that song. I think school's back in time for the fall. I don't, you know, normally you would say womp womp, but I, I don't know. Do, do students want to be back in school nowadays? Like because of all, you know, being virtual for so long, do, do students sort of really desire that that social connection and, and in-person intimacy? I, I have no idea. I'm not, I'm not a youth. I'm a student of the world. And? And uh, I can take it or leave it. <laughs> take it or leave it. Yeah, I mean, whenever you talk about anything education, the answer is... There are people on all sides because everyone goes through the educational system in one way or another and people have different opinions. So, yeah, I, you know, I'm just genuinely curious. Again, that's what we'd love to hear from you throughout the hour. 585-219-8889. Matt, let's talk about what came to light yesterday. That's Friday, September 3rd at a board meeting for the Rochester City School District. At the board meeting, it was made apparent, and, and there was trickling of announcements uh, hours, and if not even a day before then, that the RCSD was considering having high school students start the school year with virtual learning. That means they would not be going to school in person. That is a big deal because the Rochester City School District had been talking for months, literal months, at least since January of this year that we want all students back in school in person, you know, as, as soon as it's safe, as soon as it's feasible, you know, back in January, it was like the, as soon as it's safe thing, because COVID, well, COVID was rampant and vaccines weren't readily available then. Now vaccines are readily available for free. Walk to your nearest insert store here and you can get one of your insert vaccine here for yeah, COVID-19. Please. 
right, please, for free. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great thing. It's an amazing thing. And so vaccines are readily available. So safety thing, not saying that safety is not a concern. Of course, COVID is still out there with Delta. Uh, but, you know, more folks are vaccinated. And as a society, we've, I guess, <laughs> whether right or wrong, come to accept the fact that COVID will just be around. And we're, you know, we're going to have to going to have to live with it somehow. So uh, now, you know, beyond the safety concern, the RC, RCSD was saying, look, we're losing a lot of students. Students are struggling with virtual learning. We need to have folks in person because in-person learning provides the best results. So they were talking for months that they were going to have in-person learning and then to announce literally four work days before the first day of school that high school students would start virtual learning. That is a big deal because if you're in a family, how do you suddenly plan to have your kid or kids be home? learning from home. How do you do that? If you work a job, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? That, that requires uh, social movement that isn't as simple as sort of telling something, something to happen, right? This has consequences socially because the education system is such a socially embedded institution that affects people's lives and organizes it. So that is a big deal. Now, there had been sort of indications of, uh, of issues going on with the start of the school year for a number of reasons. We're, we'll specifically talk about the bus driver shortage. Three weeks ago, the RCSD staggered the start times for its schools because of a bus driver shortage. So bus drive, there weren't enough bus drivers, and so in order to get students to schools to their buildings so they can learn in person they staggered the start times for school there is essentially three different start times for schools across the rcsd that was the plan you know inconvenient that already perhaps inconvenienced folks or maybe it helped folks by having later start times you know some schools are starting at 9 or 9 30 i think that might be a good thing for people so uh, that was sort of the plan until yesterday when the RCSD said, look, even more bus drivers have quit <laughs> since then. And so we simply don't have enough drivers to even fulfill their staggered start time schedule. We're just going to have to have buses for elementary and middle school students. That's pre-K through eight. And then high school students will have to learn virtually if we can't get more bus drivers or find another solution. That's what, that's what was announced yesterday. Also that the school day, uh, the starting school day is postponed by one day instead of being next Wednesday, September 8th. It is now proposed to be Thursday, September 9th. Some members of the Board of Education last night at the meeting, three of them called for the school year to be postponed and starting for two weeks until they can figure out how to get all students into school. So they're saying, no, 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 no. High school students are not going to learn virtually. We're going to postpone the start of the school year by two weeks. And hopefully by then we can figure something out to give all students the opportunity to learn in person. It's not apparent that there's a solution for that right now. And so the, the board adjourned without sort of voting on anything official yet, without setting on a very specific policy yet. But as of now, I, it seems like the most uh, likely plan would be for the school year to start 
on Thursday as opposed to Wednesday and for high school students to learn virtually. But of course, we'll have to stay in tune to local media sources and the RCSD's website itself to see the latest announcements. I believe that school principals were tasked with reaching out to families this weekend to see, well, um, <laughs> how is it, how is it going to happen? You know, is your child going to be bused to school? Or are they not in, in the case of high school? And, uh, would you be able to drive them yourselves, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So a lot going on with, uh, the start of the school year here in Rochester, and we'll have to see how it plays out. The noteworthy thing is that this is not just plaguing Rochester. This is something that's happening all across the country with bus driver shortages. This week, perhaps most noticeably in Chicago, one of the largest school districts in the country, folks there had to, well, cancel uh, bus services for a lot of students. <laughs> it was just after they canceled 70% or 70%, uh, 10% of the bus drivers working. Yes. So very, this is, this is a funny story. I, I'm sort of, I was hesitating a little bit. So it, yeah, what, what happened in Chicago is there was a mandate brought down by the school district, I believe, maybe the state, I'm not sure, but uh, there was a mandate that, you know, school bus drivers and other school folks had to get a va- uh, vaccine for COVID-19. If you want to work in the school district, you got to have a vaccine for COVID-19. Well, um, some bus drivers weren't into that. <laughs> so um, 70 bus drivers quit. That's 10% of the bus driver workforce and therefore not enough bus drivers in Chicago to bus <laughs> students to all, to all the schools that they need. So, uh, you know, bus driver shortage in Chicago, uh, bus driver shortages all across the country, though, including here in Rochester. Indeed, the National School Transportation Association, they conducted a uh, survey of different school districts across the country, 1,500 responses, and they found that every region across the country is facing transportation service disruption. So not necessarily every school district, but every region. You know, it's not just the Northeast. It's not just the South, etc. They found that 51% of respondents said their bus driver shortage is severe or desperate. They found that 50%, so half of respondents, said bus driver pay is the main difficulty for recruiting and retaining bus drivers. Bus driver shortages are not something new and unexperienced for districts. It happens, but what's new now is just how widespread the shortage of bus drivers is and how deep the shortage is. That's what's new and unique here. And that is affecting, of course, manifested here in Rochester and Chicago and beyond. We're talking, of course, about the bus driver shortage in Rochester and also the RCSD's tentative proposal to have high school students learn virtually on evidence of design on 100.9 FM WXIR. We'd love to hear from you. Are you affected by this change? What are your thoughts about busing and the start of the school year this year? You can let us know, 585-219-8889. Again, that's 585-219-8889. Matt, this is is so significant, I think, this uh, potential to start the school year virtually for high school students in the RCSD because that would mean that 
Rochester City School District high schoolers would be the only students, only high schoolers in particular, across the entire county of all 18 school districts there are in Monroe County to have an involuntary option, <laughs> right? If it's, well, it's not an option if it's involuntary, to have an involuntary mandate essentially to not learn in person. That means RCSD high schoolers would be the only students in Monroe County to not have an option to do in-person learning. Why does that matter? Of course, because RCSD students are often systemically disadvantaged. And this would be one way, again, that RCSD students are disadvantaged in a way that suburban students are not, not having an option for in-person learning. So it's just another manifestation of systemic disadvantage and raises a lot of questions about, well, what can we do to get these students to school? The RCSD had asked, uh, sent out messages and, uh, and sort of polls a little earlier this week to ask if parents would be able to provide their own transportation for their kids to school. Indeed, this is something that's happening in Chicago right now in their bus driver shortage where the district and the superintendent are asking uh, if parents can drive their own kids to school if they can, and the district would reimburse them. They're even thinking about paying parents to, to transport their kids to school or partnering with Uber and Lyft, the ride-sharing companies, to provide transportation as well and providing funding for that. Matt, you're grimacing a little bit. Are, are you? What's wrong with having private ride-sharing companies, Uber and Lyft, transport our we youth to school. Oh, nothing. <laughs> I think it's the future, probably. <laughs> I, I think you're right on that, that we will just slowly privatize and externalize all aspects of public society and services off to private companies, particularly those in the gig economy where, oh, yeah, you want to get educated? Just hire, hire your teacher through, uh, <laughs> you know, whatever uh, one word zinger uh, kitschy name you can have in Silicon Valley tech companies. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, hopefully the Uber and Lyft scenario is not going to be the permanent solution, but it's a, a proposed solution right now, at least in Chicago. I don't hear that happening here in, in New York and in Rochester. And I think, I don't, you know, I've been following this a little bit on social media, particularly Justin Murphy, the education reporter through Democrat and Chronicle, seen uh, somewhere in one many threads that um, perhaps it's, it's not allowed because in New York you have to be you know, so-and-so certified to professionally drive students to school. You can't just be a random Joe Schmo driving students into the school, right, uh, for safety reasons. So let's talk a little bit about this bus driver shortage because it also ties into Labor Day, Matt, just how we started our show to all of those laborers out there What's going on with these bus drivers? Why can't we all just be collectively angry at them? This lack of bus drivers, don't they care about the kids and parents, Matt? Why are they holding everyone up because they don't want to do their job as bus drivers? What gives with these people, right? Sarcasm here. But really, what's going on with the bus driver shortage? Well, there are lots of potential reasons for it. I'm not saying I know exactly what's going on, but here are some potential causes. Matt, what is going on? Then? <laughs> well, as long-time listeners will know, well, no, I'm actually uh, an expert on buses. I <laughs> was born on a bus, actually. I spent extensive amount of time with uh, Tom Wolfe in the 60s on Further. Um, yeah, just a, a wealth of experience and knowledge when it comes to buses. 
bus schedules, bus manufacturers. Um, you had a lot of Hot Wheels. City ones, school ones, Only yellow buses. ones, blue ones. <laughs> the ones that have like the little thing in the middle that makes it super long. Double deckers. Yeah. So you have a lot of knowledge with buses. That's great. Yeah. What are some of the reasons why some bus drivers, why is there a shortage? <laughs> I mean, well. I only know about buses, Jason. I don't actually know anything about people who drive them. The labor market of them. Well, there are potential causes going on here. One of them is that many bus drivers, of course, were furloughed or laid off during COVID-19. When there was sort of mandated virtual learning going on, bus drivers not needed so much, right? So districts either furloughed, meaning temporarily laid off, or permanently laid off bus drivers. And so now there's been a lot of work trying to get bus drivers back into the labor market working for districts. And that has caused potentially some of this widespread, deep and severe bus driver shortage of having to reintegrate bus drivers back into the labor market. Another potential cause is a lot of bus drivers might have moved on from the field or retired out of the labor force. So if you are furloughed or laid off from your job, you might start looking for other jobs, right? Because why would you stick with this thing that you've given yourself over to and been sort of, I don't want to say punished, but you know, have a, a negative experience happen to you in your job that you've given yourself over to to help out for a while. So if you're laid off, you might, of course, be more inclined to look for other lines of work where you think you will experience less disruption and more security in your future. Or maybe you'll leave the labor force entirely. Bus drivers, I, I, I don't know the, the demographic statistics of bus drivers, but thinking of when I was younger, many of my bus drivers were older people. They were older folks. And so maybe a lot of folks retired from the bus driving service entirety. And so the, the simple labor force of bus drivers has shrunk. That is another potential cause. Another potential cause is that perhaps bus drivers are wary of their safety, especially if they are older folks or just anyone in general, wary of their safety on buses because of COVID-19. You're, of course, trapped in this little vehicle with lots of other people who potentially are vectors for COVID-19. And we know that kids aged, I believe, 12 and under, maybe 11 and under, I'm not sure the exact age, but youth <laughs> are unable yet to get the COVID-19 vaccine. So bus drivers who would be wary of catching COVID might not feel safe doing their job on a bus. And so they might be looking for other lines of work. On the flip side, Matt, we have the story out of Chicago where you have bus drivers who are wary of... <laughs> <laughs> so there's safety concerns about well, COVID. Uh, there's there's safety concerns about the vaccine as well, as, <laughs> as people will know, you know, right? Virus shedding and cell phone towers. <laughs> right. So on the one hand, there are safety concerns about catching COVID, and then on the other hand, there are people who have safety concerns about the COVID nineteen vaccine. Um, those people, uh, I don't agree with, <laughs> uh, and I, I question their ability to discern. Uh, reliable information from less reliable pieces of information let's just put it that way and so uh, what, what we saw in chicago with 10 percent of the bus driving workforce quitting because they didn't want to get the covid19 vaccine well i guess some folks are also leaving the bus driving force because of safety concerns about covid19 vaccine 
as opposed to, I guess, the disease itself, which what's the old saying that the, that the disease is, or the, the cure is worse than the disease. Mm, not sure that fits in this case, but, and these folks own own mind palace. I guess it does. Um, I was zoning in and out there, so I don't know if you brought this up at all, but, uh, NPR quoted, um, or cited salary.com as reporting that the median school bus driver earns about $35,000 a year, which varies depending on region, of course. But I just like to point out that something that I feel like is so often dismissed, um, in uh, everyday conversation that I happen to overhear but not take part in because, (laughs) well, we won't get into that. But um, I hear it often said, you know, people complaining about how ever since COVID, people don't want to work anymore, you know, unemployment is too generous and it's uh, disincentivizing people to get out and actually work. And I don't often hear it said enough that, you know, the there are so much there are so many jobs and and positions which our society depends upon that are you know in my opinion criminally underpaid and so $35,000 a year is not a lot it's i don't even know if that's like enough to live on in in uh Rochester certainly not in um the suburbs um and I, I just think that, you know, my, my sort of feeling on this is always to be sort of uh, incredulous or skeptical of why so many positions, so many jobs in our society that we depend upon are so undervalued, both monetarily and culturally. Yeah, that's a good point, Matt. Bus drivers don't make a whole heck of a lot of money. The median wage you well the median salary i should say the median income you cited from from what npr cited around thirty five thousand dollars that that's not a whole heck of a lot of money right i don't know how many hours that equates to whether that's 40 hours a week in a job or bus drivers i think often don't work 40 hours a week maybe maybe it's part-time 30 hours 20 hours i i don't know um, but you know that that sort of matters whether it's thirty five thousand dollars a year for twenty hours of work a week, in which case that's not too bad, or whether it's forty hours of work a week, which is pretty awful, right? Because uh, you're right. I mean, how how do you live off of thirty five thousand dollars a year? How do you pay rent on a comfortable place to live, or you know, buy your own home? How do you have your own transportation in, in the form of a car? How do you have reliable health care and are able to keep up the latest consumer electronics and and have clothes and food and, and able to take transport you know a uh, vacation i mean how do you do that with thirty five thousand dollars a year the point is it's not easy and i also would just like to point out real quick that anybody who's ever worked a part-time job will understand that just because something is part-time doesn't mean that it keeps doesn't keep a rigid schedule and like finding part-time jobs that sort of like uh, accommodate one another is very difficult and Again, like maybe maybe bus drivers aren't working 40 hours a week. It's still a job that is very important to the functioning of society and uh, doesn't mean that like they necessarily have time or even energy or should be expected to work elsewhere and just to be, be able to make ends meet. Yeah, that's a great point, Matt. I mean, it's not bus drivers' fault that they would 
work 30 hours a week, right? Or 20 hours a week. That's, that's the nature of the position that's been designed by the human resources department, the executives in the companies or school districts, so on and so forth. Um, people who, there are many reasons why someone would work a part-time job. Maybe they're studying in college, right? Maybe they're taking care of a family member. Maybe they just don't want to work full-time at the moment, or maybe they're trying to figure out what else they can do, what to pursue to work full-time. There are many reasons. Maybe why they're someone, old. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they're, maybe they're older. Maybe they can't work full-time, right? There, there are so many reasons why someone doesn't work 40 hours a week. And by the way, just cause you don't work 40 hours a week, which is a totally arbitrary number, right? There's no scientific reason to say that we need 40 hours of work a week full as we would define it in our modern 2021st century or <laughs> year. Um, <laughs> society, you know, 40 hours of work a week is a full-time job. That's an arbitrary number that we've decided. We can change that number whenever we want if we feel like it. And I think we should, right? We should all be working less, I think, because we can maintain a level of productivity. In fact, we can probably even increase our productivity, I believe, if we work less. And therefore, when we're talking about, oh, you work part-time, I mean, that's, that's fine. You're doing your job, right? So bus drivers, if you're a bus driver, I don't think you need to have another job just because you're not reaching a 40-hour work week number, right? But the point is, whatever you're doing for your labor, that should hopefully make your ends meet. There's been tons of articles recently locally. Oh, a lot of restaurants can't find um, servers. A lot of retail stores can't find clerks, can't find bus drivers. I mean, these are just jobs in society that tend to not be as rewarding as other jobs, as actual careers, so-called. And, of course, you have the added, um, I don't know how to put this, but we're living in a pandemic right now. And so people who work in um, uh, jobs that have a lot of interaction with the public, especially bus drivers who are working with a population that often can't be vaccinated right now because of the age limit, they're putting their health on the line. And, you know, just because even if you do have the vaccine, it doesn't guarantee that you won't get COVID. Um, in fact, the whole point of having a vaccine is to get multiple people vaccinated so that you can build herd immunity. It's not like it's just a, a firewall that automatically prevents you from getting the, the disease. Yeah. And and so what we're the point of us saying all of these things about part-time work and, and the value of pay and the value of recognizing someone's labor is not just, hey, Labor Day's on Monday, but to recognize that the reason why there are bus driver shortages can be many and varied. We've mentioned that many have potentially been laid off or furloughed from COVID-19 and virtual learning over the past year. Many might have safety concerns about catching COVID-19. Uh, unfortunately, in the case of 10% of bus drivers in Chicago, those folks had safety concerns about getting the COVID-19 vaccine. And then, of course, as as mentioned in this National School Transportation Association uh, survey of bus driver groups and, and school districts across the country, the plurality of responses around why school districts are having a tough time getting adequate staffing for bus drivers is that 50% uh, of respondents, a plurality, said that their main difficulty is recruiting and retaining bus drivers because of pay. Again, the median wage for bus drivers, sorry, the median total income for bus drivers, I keep mixing up, mixing up wage, salary, income, all that stuff. $35,000 a year, median income for bus drivers. 
Not too much, $35,000 a year. Let's take a look at some specific postings for bus drivers, though. So the RCSD right now, um, <laughs> newsflash, they're hiring bus drivers. So if you uh, if you need a job and if you want to be a bus driver, they're hiring, of course. And, and, and right on their website, RCSD Careers webpage, they're hiring bus drivers. Ten months, so these it's not 12-month jobs, not over the summer. They're 10-month positions for bus drivers, 30 hours a week. At a salary range they know of $20 and around 50 cents an hour to around $22 and 50 cents an hour. So 20 to $22 an hour essentially is, is the salary range at 30, hour, 30, 30 hours a week, 10 months a year. What would you do as a bus driver? Well, here are the lists of responsibilities. You'll drive a school bus on a regular schedule on an assigned route or special occasions. You'll perform a pre-trip inspection of your vehicle and a post-trip inspection after every route. You'll report all defects, mechanical and other, to your supervisor. You'll instruct and inform passengers about safety practices and procedures. You'll maintain safe and orderly conduct on the bus vehicle. You'll assist passengers in boarding and exiting the vehicle. You'll clean and refuel the vehicle daily. And you'll operate other transport objects as needed. So as a bus driver, you'll drive students, well, to and from school. And you'll have to maintain the safety of the operation of your vehicle and maintain you know a safe trip and make sure everything is orderly that is for rcsd bus driver posting for a 10-month bus driver it's interesting they also have a posting for a substitute bus driver that is 40 hours a week so that's that's a full-time job that's more hours a week than the actual non-substitute bus driver but it's for much less pay it's only for $16.50 an hour so that's kind of weird to me maybe it's 40 hours max if you're a sub bus driver and you would just sort of fill in as needed so it's uh, more hours for less pay as listed for the sub bus driver (laughs) so Sorry, that's uh, not a great deal. <laughs> no, that's quite the deal. <laughs> that's how deals are made. Um, so I'm not sure quite what's going on there. Uh, but the problem is, to be a bus driver, you also have to have a commercial driver's license, right? You have to be able to ma- to drive a bus, which has hydraulic brakes and 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 all that stuff. So um, it, you also need to find sort of certified and, and trained people to do this work. I don't know if training will be provided on the job or if you'll have to have that certification beforehand. But uh, right now, the RCSD has postings for bus drivers. We should note, though, that it's not like the RCSD themselves are have bus drivers. We, we could have uh, an entire episode on the history of busing and transportation in Rochester and the Rochester City School District. Uh, I, I'm going to butcher the facts, so I, I don't want to go too deep into them at all. But long story short... Some students in the RCSD are transported by yellow buses. That tends to be the company called First Student. And other students in the RCSD have been transported by RTS buses, meaning, you know, the the general sort of public transportation service around. So it's typically those are the companies that are facing the, the shortages, not necessarily intrinsically in the RCSD itself, I believe. Let's turn our attention to a caller now. Thanks for giving us a ring on evidence of design on 100.9 FM WXIR. You should be on the air. Hello. What's on your mind? Hey, fellas. Aaron from Queens here. How's it going? Hey, Aaron from Queens. Thanks for giving us a ring. What's up? 
Uh, so you guys are talking about bus drivers and the shortage and everything today, and I heard you guys talking a little bit ago about uh, the, whether they were working a 40-hour work week and whether even that should be, you know, I think you were sort of touching on this, whether a 40-hour work week should be the standard by which we decide whether people deserve, you know, a living wage and, like, to be able to survive and meet their basic needs and, you know, maybe even, like, go out to eat once in a while to in, to enjoy their life to whatever extent they can. And um, uh, I don't know. I just think that like that's such an, as you were talking about, it's very arbitrary and there's just so many studies coming out now talking about how that's like not even what is the the best way. Like it's not even what's it's, we know it's not the best for the employees, but it's not even the best for employers. I had a couple pieces of, uh, uh, of information of studies, queued up here that I wanted to mention real quick, if that's okay with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So there was a study in Iceland, uh, 2015 to 2019, uh, followed 2,500 government workers and let them work uh, 35 hours instead. And the ones who work 35 hours, for example, in the accountant uh, department, they processed 6.5% more invoices once they started working fewer hours, and they didn't affect the number of uh, cases closed. And so, therefore, their productivity remained the same or even improved. And then there was a recent study from Microsoft Japan where they allowed all their 2,300 employees in Microsoft Japan to choose uh, flexible work hours, basically, you know, aka working 20% fewer hours. And the results were workers were happier and there was 40% gain in productivity. So even for the capitalist class, even for the Bill Gates and the, uh, uh, and the uh, Jeff Bezos is out there, like if you want more productivity out of your out of your workers, you have them work fewer hours. And this 40 hour thing is just sort of an arbitrary compromise that was settled on a long time ago from, you know, uh, the late industrial revolution when social movements were gaining traction. And, you know, there was an actual threat of socialism and, and, uh, and especially in the U.S., you know, the big rise of Eugene Debs and everything like that. It's settled on. Uh, you'll have Saturday and, and Sunday off and we really can, you know, thank uh, the uh, the leftist and socialist movement in the country for even giving us that. Otherwise, I'm sure, you know, we'd be uh, working pretty much every day, pretty much always on the clock, or, you know, if the companies had their way, we'd be living in company dorms, eating in company cafeterias, earning company script, and can only spend in company stores. I mean, that's sort of the capitalist dream, isn't it? The anarcho-capitalist dream. But, yeah, I mean, this 40-hour work week needs need to go away. It's outdated, uh I bet you that uh, office workers, you know, especially in the bigger cities, they're not working those 40 hours. They're just hanging out there. I, you might know somebody very, very close to you guys who <laughs> has a very similar experience to that. Uh, and, you know, it's like, well, why are we just pretending then? Why are we making everybody pretend? And then for the workers who actually do have, you know, actual jobs that actually, you know, contribute something to society or at least keep the wheels turning, like, you know, the bus drivers you've been talking about today, you know, the, the warehouse workers, the uh, these people in Iceland, the government workers, whatever, have them work less and then you'll have better results from them and you'll have a healthier, healthier society overall. But the thing is, that's not really, and I know there's really not anybody, any individual pulling the strings and making decisions like this, but it really does benefit the capitalist class and the very ultra rich to have like people working as much as they can for as little as possible and just even if it's not the most productive thing if people are just tired out and they don't care 
They don't get involved in politics. They don't get involved in social movements and making efforts to improve their life. They uh, basically just go home tired at the end of the day. They want to sit down, you know, uh, order delivery food, watch movies, just basically consume, 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 because with whatever money you have, you pump that back into the economy just to, you know, uh, uh, squeeze out whatever little enjoyment you can from your very hard life. And so obviously if you keep people trapped in this, you know, cycle of, of like, uh, of constant work and just, you know, a little bit of, of, of rest and relaxation just to keep people from, you know, I guess just wanting to opt out of the whole thing entirely, which we are seeing increasingly in COVID times, then, you know, that's definitely what, what benefits the stability of our existing system the most more than anything. Yeah, I agree with all of those points there. And of course, uh, recognizing the benefits that we have experienced as a society in the United States from leftist, socialist, if not even communist movements at the start of the 20th century fighting for more workers' rights and what we enjoy today, quote, enjoy as a 40-hour work week as a standard, used to be a lot more. And uh, there, there are reasons why you're mentioning that I agree with why the 40-hour work week has, has, maintained, has sort of retained its hegemony on, on regulating our lives uh, because, you know, even if you're not doing 40 hours of work a week, as no one in an office does that I know of, right? You, you, go to, you go to work for 40 hours a week. You have to be there for 40 hours a week, but no one works 40 hours a week. You spend half the time chatting with your colleagues or browsing Facebook or whatever, you know? So, yeah, I mean, there, there's antiquated um, systems here that that should be changed and you've mentioned studies that indeed even if we do work less it's better of course for workers because you get more of your life to spend on things that are meaningful to you as opposed to your uh, meaningless job but it's also even better for uh, owners you know companies because there's still more productivity that happens even if you work less hours i, I want to ask aaron i don't know if you you know this but you're calling in from queens new york city new york city is the largest school district in the United States, are there bus driver shortages there? Or, I don't know, you got better public transportation than, say, Rochester. You got a subway system and, you know, a bus line. Um, do, you, do you know of bus driver shortages in New York? Oh, I have no idea. I don't really follow local news. I also, have, uh, as you know, I have no plans on ever having kids, so I don't really follow educational news that closely. I know everything's really screwed up, and I know our, our schools are in big trouble and everything across the board from, you know, the classrooms to the funding to the lunches to the to the bus drivers but i'm like well that sounds like somebody else's problem <laughs> what sounds cool though so you, your subways were underwater recently because of hurricane ida they I, were yeah. I, I don't mean to make light of this because well people died and, and many of those who died um are <laughs> living on the marginalized society in a capitalist system living in, in living in illegal basements yeah, illegal basement apartments <laughs> yeah, uh, so. two-year-old boy actually in woodside the neighborhood where i live in queens uh drowned in a basement apartment because of Ida. Yeah, that that's absolutely awful. Um, but, you know, to, to, to sort of be cheeky when your subways were underwater, I'm just picturing kind of like when you go into an aquarium as a kid and you're, you're sort of going through this hallway, uh, you know, you're in a cylinder hallway with water above and around you and there's like fish swimming around. Like, I don't know, if, if somehow we could design the New York City subway system to just be an aquarium-like tunnel system, that would be pretty that would sweet. would be very cool, yes. So, uh, the problem, though, was the was the water was inside the tunnel, not outside. Of it. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you were in. You were the, the aquarium. Exhibit <laughs> yeah, uh, someone's got to figure that out. Yes. Well, yes. Cool. 
Aaron, thanks for calling in. As always, uh, wish you the best of luck. Yeah, thank you. Have a great day. Anyone else who wants to share your thoughts with us on evidence of design on 100.9 FM WXIR as we talk about the bus driver shortage locally in Rochester and nationally and the RCSD's tentative proposal to have high school students start the school year learning virtually because there's not enough bus drivers to transport them to and from school, we'd love to hear from you. 585-219-8889-585-219-8889. You can also reach us on Facebook at Radio EOD. Our post about today's show, Matt, reached two people. Um, so that's that's pretty big. That's bigly stuff right there. I don't know how many people are even hearing us right now. That's the benefit of the radio is that you could just be talking to yourself or a million people. You have no idea. It's not a million people, Jason. Yeah. Maybe the two people that we reached is just you and I. I don't know. Did um, you say something? (laughs) No, I didn't. I actually muted my mic uh, 47 minutes ago at the start of the hour. Talking more about bus drivers and the labor shortages in general matt people are reevaluating now what they're worth in society and what i'm wondering you know what i was thinking when aaron was talking about these studies about uh worker productivity increasing with shorter hours like how does that work for jobs that as a society we would say we need it to be staffed like if you're in an office job and you're a salaried worker you're just getting paid to get your job done Right, like you don't really need to work forty hours a week. You just need to get your project done, whether that's a new program, a service, you know, uh, evaluating something, writing up an Excel report, a Microsoft Word report, whatever. You just need to get the thing done. If it takes forty hours a week, it takes forty hours a week. If it takes more, it takes more, etc. Um, but if you're, you know, if you're working in Wegmans, Wegmans is open so many hours, and it needs to be staffed so many hours. If you're a bus driver, you got to do so many routes, right? So there, there are some jobs in society, which perverse, it's a perverse, if you think about it, there are some jobs in society that pay way more than others, and don't necessarily need to have as many hours, like the office jobs, right? The office jobs, you just got to get done what you need to get done, and you often make more money than those who have to work more hours often but get paid less. Those staffing a store, a retail store. Retail stores open 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. Someone's got to be there, right, to staff that store so services can operate. So there's like this conflict in the economy of like what do you do with this tension between jobs that are often paid well but even could have shortened hours versus those jobs that are paid poorly and might require continued hours, you know, high hours. I'm not sure what we do about that. Well, if we were a society that actually cared about improving the quality of life for everyone, there's a lot we could do. We could more uh, equitably distribute the wealth that is already present in this country. That's just an idea. Um but because we live in a country that is uh, so um, rigidly and, and uh, dementedly attached to the ideals of individuality, of personal success, of striving, uh, it 
just feels like more and more of a pipe dream every day. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm also thinking that we don't like there's got there's got to be some way to thread the needle between you don't need to work 40 hours a week while still getting paid what would now be considered a 40 hour a week wage, right? The bargain isn't okay, worker, you want to work less? Great, you're gonna get you're gonna work 30 hours a week now, but you're gonna get paid for 30 hours a week. No, 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 no. That's not the that's not the argument nor the bargain. The bargain is. You get paid a forty-hour work salary, but only work thirty hours a week. Well, now you get paid enough to live your life with, um, uh, what's the word <laughs> with dignity, yeah, and, and to be able to actually enjoy yourself and also have time to enjoy yourself. Right. Yeah. You. I mean, you're of course going one step further to say, no, 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 Jason, don't even attach your wage to any hour at all. Right. Just attach it to a, a, a standard of living, which which I of course would agree with i'm just sort of you know thinking through this and also to say you know we we don't we don't need people to only work the the one sort of undesirable potentially job that they have right you can divvy that up to spread over more people while still allowing them to have a living wage do we need to have so and so um you know store clerks working five days a week i don't know i'm getting off track here because we should be spending more time specifically on the RCSD and the start of the school year. But there's compelling questions to raise about labor in general in the United States, the 40-hour work week, and how labor is valued. The point of going into all of this was sort of to argue, should have just came out in the forefront and said, to make the point of saying, do not jump to the conclusion of blaming bus drivers. Just as anytime there's a teacher strike, do not jump to the conclusion to blame teachers, right? Think about the kids. Think about the kids. Well, why don't you go be a bus driver then, you know, if you want to think about the kids? So that's kind of the point, right? It's to not, and it goes on both sides. Never, don't just jump to the conclusion, right? And say bus drivers are at fault here. Bus drivers don't care. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I don't, I'm not going to tell people to go be a, do something if, like I've never really been partial to the argument that like oh you don't like it why don't you do it right well that's the point the hypocrisy of it and the cynicism it's yeah. like of course not yeah I'm not going to do that I don't want to be a bus driver right yeah. nor do you and that's why no one's doing it <laughs> uh, I'm not one twenty two dollars a week sounds pretty good <laughs> right right no I mean I'm I mean this is the point of I, I, the stumbling that we're having here is the fun and the horror of the capitalist society of like yeah how do we fill jobs. And that's always the argument. And, and you go to socialism. Okay, you want socialism? You want communism? Well, who's going to be your janitor? Everyone's just going to want to sit home then if they don't have to be your janitor. Well, it, it's the same argument that happens in capitalism. People are just forced to do it. People are just forced to be your janitor, right? And so I, I don't have an answer for them. I, I, I do have ideas about how I feel like the people out. who make that argument live in like the battle stations thread on Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like absolute styes. <laughs> they yeah. never clean their apartments. Yeah, I, I can, I'm continuing to get off track, though, on, on this thread, though. But, um, you know, ooh, that stuff is fun to talk about, though. It's fun to think about, and it's important to think about. I, I just want to end just recontextualizing about the RCSD, though. Again, why this is particularly tricky for the RCSD is not just because, again, it faces so many systemic barriers, namely uh, poverty folks, that most of the folks who go to the RCSD live in poverty, which has uh, horrendous outcomes on educa- you know, educational outcomes, but also others. And we need to break up that concentration of poverty. If not, the best way would be to remove the poverty altogether. 
Um, there are so many systemic issues going on here, not just that the high schoolers in the RCSD would be the only high schoolers in the city of Rochester to not have the option for in-person learning, but the RCSD is sort of caught up with its own transportation structure that's been challenged for decades. The transportation budget for the RCSD is $78 million out of its $986 million budget, so 10% of the RCSD budget, one out of every $10 goes to transportation. So the big part of the RCSD budget, I believe that is a higher percentage than other suburban school districts. To the RCSD's credit in my research for this show, it was much harder to find budgets for other districts in the county, specifically Webster and Penfield. RCSD's budget, very accessible online, uh, very accessible breakdown. Webster Penfield, not too great. So hard to find the breakdowns, but I believe the RCSD's budget has a greater percentage on transportation than many of the suburban schools. Why is that? Well, the RCSD, of course, is the largest school district, both in land mass and the number of students. The RCSD also has a neighbor or, uh, a school choice model. So students are being bused all the way across the city to and fro if they choose their school because it does not have a neighborhood choice system that changed in the late 90s, early 2000s because of the neoliberal idea that choice is the best inside of every institution that we have. So um, I'm running out of time here and starting to ramble, but there are a lot of systemic issues that plagues the RCSD and uh, doesn't just come out of the latest uh, bus driver shortage. And I hope that we can come together and uh, solve some of those underlying issues like segregation and poverty. But with that, Matt, we've run out of time. We hope that you enjoy your Labor Day weekend. For all of those of you who are laborers out there, remember that your class interests align with other laborers and not necessarily those in the ruling capitalist class who are not laborers like you you are. So workers of the world, break off your chains. Unite. Play Pokemon Unite. That's, yeah. And have a good time while you're doing it. Folks, thanks for tuning in to Evidence of Design on 100.9 FM WXIR. You can always find our past episodes available as a podcast wherever you get your podcasts by searching for Evidence of Design. I was your host, Jason Taylor, also joined by my good friend and co-host, Matt Treadwell. So long. Have a great weekend out there, everyone. Be well. If you are affected by this RCSD potential delay, thoughts are with you. Take care and bye-bye.